Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods, and we look for more ways that you can add science, technology, engineering, and math, and and all those making, those creating kind of things into your everyday classroom. And today we're going to chat with Mandy Figlioli. She is uh, assistant to the superintendent at Burgettstown Schools, but she doesn't really like that title. So she is an author of a brand new book. Mandy, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, definitely. Now, now, Mandy, first of all, I know you're not a big fan of the whole superintendent-y kind of office <laughs> kind of term. So what if you had to really describe yourself as an educator? What, what would you call yourself? Uh, I think first and foremost, Chris, I'm a learner. That has been something that I've always enjoyed, reading books about education, being in classrooms, learning from other teachers, sharing with others. Uh, so I guess I I'm most proud of my role as a learner, even as a central office administrator. That's something that I, I take very seriously and I'm very proud of. And I really try to work with the teachers and come together to make the best experiences we can for the kids so that they feel success in the classroom, that teachers are feeling proud of their work and that everybody's really engaged in the learning process. Yeah, that sounds about right. So now uh, you can find Mandy on Twitter at Mrs. Fig Makes. So kids used to call you Mrs. Fig, I'm guessing. Absolutely. The last name gets butchered quite frequently. Um, so Figlioli is much easier when it's just Mrs. Fig. Mrs. Fig. So Mrs. Fig mm-hmm. makes, you can find her on Twitter and she's always sharing great ideas, things she's doing. So you were, you're a classroom educator. Tell us about that and how you got to be an educator and, and how you got into this whole making thing. Absolutely. I, I come from a long line of educators in my family, my mother, my grandmother. Um, so it was always something that I saw as an act of service and, and really an mm-hmm. outlet for creativity. So it was just really always what I aspired to be. And so, you know, got to college, went to um, taught second grade for 10 years, loved it, had a really unique opportunity to teach college at Washington and Jefferson College. They wow. borrow a teacher for something they call master teacher. And so they, I, they gave me a sub for a half a year, went out there, worked with their pre-service teachers, supervised them in the classroom. And that was really the first time I saw myself outside of four walls and that I could really have a larger impact if I would consider different roles. And the opportunity came up in my district for the assistant superintendent job. And there had been a lot of turnover in the position and I really thought that I could have a bigger impact. So I, I took the leap of faith. I'm March 1st will be my five year anniversary in that position. And congratulations. uh, Thank you. It's been, it's, it's been a gift. It is, Burgettstown is my playground. Um, okay. So yeah, now in my position as assistant to the superintendent, I have the opportunity to support the teachers, really to advocate for innovation. And it's just, it's my playground. It's where I get to work with people that love to learn themselves or willing to try new yeah. things and stretch. So it's been a, it's been a great time. So you're, you're more of a coach, you're more of a mentor than, than any administrator kind of thing. And that's great because teachers, we, we need those kind of people in our corner, especially in the, in the admin office. Absolutely. I think everybody needs someone that can tell them it, take the risk. It's safe. You know, we're all in this together. We're all here for the kids. And I think that that is an environment that everybody can thrive in. Yeah. So you got started in, in making and really this, it kind of, kind of came out of a grant for your schools, right? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. It was in 2014, there was a program called Kickstart Making in Schools at the Children's Museum of Pittsburgh, and they selected 10 schools to participate. Um, so essentially, we, when we were selected, what we had to do was raise, we used Kickstarter as our platform to raise our own money. So okay. we set out to raise 5000 and we raised $7,500. Wow. And with that money, we were able to um, re- redesign our traditional science lab into a makerspace. And what also came with the grant was the expertise of the Children's Museum. So we were able to work with their teaching artists. They help us design the space. They um, provided professional development for us and were really just cheerleaders and a source of knowledge and expertise for us throughout the project. And really that was a catalyst for for change in our district. Since then, we've been, you know, pursuing multiple opportunities for grants. A lot of training, not only myself, the teachers go out and, and, you know, seek out training, come back and share it with others. So that work with the Children's Museum of Pittsburgh was just incredible. And we're very fortunate in the region. um, There's a nonprofit organization called Remake Learning. And they are big advocates for reimagining what school could be, should be. And so I'm really... You know, Burgettstown is west of Pittsburgh, but close enough that we can have access to those resources and that inspiration. Okay. So the the climate right now in Pittsburgh for change is just oh, yeah. perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And there's a there's a huge maker, STEM and STEAM community in Pittsburgh, and that's awesome. Now, educators listening, they, they might not be near a big town, you know, but there's still resources. There's still people available. The internet is filled mm-hmm. with people that are, are willing to share their ideas. And, and probably in 2014, I mean, that was that was very much that beginning, that start of kind of the whole maker space idea. Now, now you can find books everywhere and ideas everywhere. So Absolutely. It's funny you said that because I can remember when I saw the grant, I thought, what, what is making? And I can remember Googling making and (laughs) and, and, and the definitions that were coming up. And, you know, really, I feel like we've just been, we've been following the journey about, you know, it's, it, it, there's really not one definition. It looks different in every makerspace, you know, whether you're looking at STEM, STEAM, you know, but essentially some of those characteristics of hands-on minds-on learning really transcend any acronym. Um, So I'm not partial to one acronym over another. Um, I'm just really a big fan of empowering students and letting them be the designers and the developers of their journey. Yeah, Yeah. that's, that's, that's true. I mean, you could almost put like another M on to, to STEM and STEAM and, it's, it's really just using and applying those principles. And, and again, like anybody who knows the, the STEM fields, the, the STEAM ideas, if you're never doing anything with all that knowledge and information, then you're really not giving the kids any real learning. So Agreed. You have to make something that means something. <laughs> I think that that's how we know students learn best. That's awesome. So, so let's, let's take a moment, uh, Mandy. Again, we're chatting with Mandy Figlioli. You just wrote a book, and and I want to ask you about this because this is such a cool idea. You wrote a children's book about making. It's called Miss Makey and the Magic Bin. So tell us a little bit about it. Oh, thanks, Chris. I'm really excited. It's been such a fun project. Um, It's always something I've wanted to do was to write a children's book. And uh, I did some work with the Invention Land Institute, and um, they were interested in, they also own Dorrance Publishing, and they were interested in helping me along with my journey. So they published my book for me. But it kind of started, I found this red plastic bin 
in um, in a store and it looks like a treasure chest. And uh, <laughs> in starting making, we've, you know, to kind of be sustainable about keep making sure we have materials, you know, everybody's kind of in on collecting materials. I have right. that bin in my office, people bring trash, leftover craft materials, you know, so really it's become a community effort. So I started, I kind of am known for my trash stash a little <laughs> bit at work. I don't know if I should be proud of that or not. It's, it's um, only, but tr so it's only I, trash if you don't use it. Right. And if you, in the book says trash is treasure. And that is really the message oh. that I'm, that I'm trying to send to kids. Yeah. Um, so it just started with that, with that magic bin and, and, and collecting low tech materials. And I started to hear this rhyme, um, this repetitive text that's in the book. And so I brought over, um, I have two young sons, um, seven and 12 and I'm very close family friends. So I brought over, um, about 10 kids and I broke out my trash dash and let them go crazy. And they all made these inventions. What they really wanted was for me to get out of the way. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so you know, Teachers, get uh, out I did of the that. Way. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Amen. And when I did that, you, and I, I can share with you, Chris, I had just put it out on Twitter recently, the Meet the Makers video, where yeah. I wanted people to see that the invent, what inspired the book were those inventions. So the inventions that the kids make are what the illustrations are in the book at the end of the book where the children make an invention. So Miss Makey is uh, a teacher that really never grew up. Uh, I kind of know someone like her and, um, <laughs> She really values creativity. She tries to keep the kids on their toes. She brings her trash to school. And she just kind of has this mysterious wonder about her that really inspires the kids to be creative. And so at the end of the book, the same thing as when the children were at my house, they all have these amazing inventions that they share with each other. And so I'm really kind of hoping that whether you're in a, your home, you know, I have a maker space in my laundry room. Uh, yeah. And you're, if you're in a classroom, a library, that you take the opportunity to to look at things differently and teach kids to think outside of the box, at, be curious about how things work. And, oh, yeah. you know, really, I hope that the, the book is an inspiration for people to remember how important it is to be, to create and not just to consume. Yeah. And I would imagine that a book like, like that, again, the title is Miss Makey in the Magic Bin. Uh, you can find it uh, on the internet. Just search Google for Miss Makey in the Ma Magic Bin. You'll find it. We'll also have the link to find it in the show notes as well. Um, but I would think just, especially like at the start of a school year and you read mm -hmm. that with your kids and, and then you say, okay, now let's, let's, let's find a bin or let's make our own bin or, and then just have that as the launching point for the whole rest of the year. How, how great Absolutely. of an idea. I, um, we did, we were fortunate. My, the elementary school did a session for global maker day this year. Okay. So yeah. the kids had 30 minutes live to, showcase our makerspace and we had to have a challenge that went with it and so we did the magic bin challenge so we just encouraged classrooms around the world get a box get it doesn't have to be anything fancy no. fill it up um, and then make something that does something um, so a very open-ended prompt that really I think levels the playing field you know what's nice about low-tech making it has a yeah. really low entry and a really high ceiling yeah. Um, you know, there are some high tech tools like a hummingbird robotics kit that can, that marry well with cardboard and craft materials. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I, I find low tech making to really be a nice entry point for teachers that maybe aren't comfortable with, um, no. technology or maybe teachers that are still feeling like it's their job to, to give all the content. And I have, I've found a lot of su huh. success with teachers as, as, as far as that being their entry point. I just imagine so many classrooms that that maybe have some of that kind of stuff, that mm -hmm. kind of materials in there. And and if you if you leave it away, if you keep it in a closet, those, those kids don't have access to it. They're not going to think about making. You're not going to think about making. And instead, if you've got it out, you've got it in a bin. You you highlight that effect in your classroom. That's that's going to 
make a whole different atmosphere for for the kids for their the magic of their making so absolutely absolutely so um you know just thinking thinking through some of the things that you've done in your own classroom and some of the things that you see because you're working with different teachers in your district right now what are some of the great things that you have seen going on with with stem and, and making in classrooms it's funny you brought that up, Chris, because I, I, I regret at times that I left the classroom before I gained this knowledge. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for teachers that are, oper- that are willing to collaborate with me and yeah. allow me, you know, to get in there with them and learn with them. And um, we have a young uh, teacher, a fourth grade teacher who teaches science and math, has a uh, science degree, and she really wanted to start an after school STEM club for girls. Oh, great. And uh, she said, please, please, please. I said, absolutely. I'll stay with you. <laughs> no, uh-uh. you can't have yeah, something extra no way. fun for the kids. You can't no. do it. <laughs> I was so grateful um, for, you know, someone to offer that for our kids. And I love that she called it at a girl, um, authentic, tenacious, talented, ambitious girls. She said that was what her dad would always say to her when she did something great or something maybe she wasn't expected to do at a girl. And so uh, we do that once a month. And that has pushed me out of my comfort zone because the teacher is completely fearless, fearless of robotics, fearless of coding, fearless of just about anything. And so I have to stand next to her and support her and support the kids and be willing to push those, those fears of my own out of the way and, yeah. and just dive in with the girls. And it has really been a great learning experience for me. It gives me the opportunity to teach again, which I, I do. I miss, I, there is definitely something to be said about working with adults and working with teachers because your impact is right. Is it amplifies it? It does. Um, it does. But those moments with the kids, you know, them making you a little bracelet that says, you know, Mrs. Fig rocks or, you know, you miss those things. And, and that really has helped fill my, uh, my bucket in a lot of ways, um, both with knowledge and with just with their energy. It has been fantastic. I've really learned a lot from it and I do fail there. Um, Kind of regularly. (laughs) But kids need to see the failures. Absolutely. I'm I'm definitely not someone who is afraid to admit that I make mistakes or that I'm not good at everything. This has definitely been um, a learning experience for me. So I I really appreciate that the girls are willing to to welcome me in. And um, they're very kind (laughs) (laughs) when I struggle a little bit. Yeah, but it, those 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 four four magic words that you can hear from a kid that's look what I made, you know, look what I Absolutely. made. Absolutely, it's, it's just incredible, and you get to you get to you know praise them for it. Or you say that's great, and then it's like, well, let's see what else we can do, you know, or how could mm-hmm. you make it better? And and I like how so many times already just in our conversation here, Mandy, you've talked about having the kids present something. What what have they done? What can they present? You know, as opposed to just making it. I got a grade, game over. You know? Right. Absolutely. I think that's so important. That showcase, that showcase piece every year we remake learning actually does remake days. And so we get the opportunity to do student showcases. We do one at the elementary center, one at the middle high school. And so then all year, you know, we're all thinking about that, that authentic show that that time and place where we're going to tell our story and share our successes and our and our failures and yeah. you know the overcoming those obstacles so that's something that we work towards every year knowing that um, we're going to get to show the world what we've been up to so so you got a great failure story then to showcase for us mandy <laughs> oh i'll probably have a few i <laughs> anything uh, you know ed tech tools i can successfully navigate and manage but when you put me into situations with um, robotics and coding, it does not come naturally to me, Chris. And, you know, I don't ever want to be the administrator that asks teachers to do something that I wasn't willing to do or try myself. And so I would have to say that the coding is, 
is the hardest thing for me. Um, you know, I, I was decent at math. Um, I, it, it's just such a challenge. We just wrote a big grant. Um, Pennsylvania Department of Ed is offering a lot of support financially for districts who are, um, you know, trying to implement coding. And mm-hmm. for us, we have a lot of pockets of innovation, but I want to make sure we articulate that sequence so that it's an equitable experience. You know, you have teachers that are comfortable and yeah. easily buy in, dive in, and those kids get a ton of experiences. But right, a teacher yeah. who's more reluctant may not um, be, you know, may not want to go to the maker space. Exactly. It may not be comfortable yeah. for them there. So, you know, in trying to articulate that sequence and making sure that we all, all the students get those experiences, I'm really trying to stretch myself and, and push myself to be able to understand the coding to a point where I can explain it and, and, and assist the teacher and, and even an elementary teacher and some of the basics oh, things yeah. that they can be doing in their room. So as far as where I struggle the most and get frustrated the most, it, it's, it's definitely coding. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and a good reminder for educators everywhere, you're not going to be an expert in everything, but if you're willing to at least try something, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of times you'll find out that when you try and you, and you admit to those kids, I don't know this very well, but <laughs> if you can, if you can help me figure this out, kids, it would be so cool. And, and pretty soon those kids will be like, oh, I figured this out. I figured this out. Well, instead of them teaching you, have them stand up in front of the room and say, hey, everybody, this is what I just learned. And then everybody learns from that. Plus, they get the opportunity to present. So All right. And be a leader, too. We know the yeah. kids thrive in that in that lane. Oh, yeah. So again, we're chatting with Mandy Figlioli. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Mrs. Fig Makes author of Miss Makey and the Magic Bin. Again, I want to remind everybody, grab that book and use that in your classroom. Now, what do you think STEM and Makey, I mean, already just like you said, 2014, you got a grant. And here we are, 2019 just began. Already a huge difference in terms of making, maker ed, that maker mindset. Where do you think we're going in the future? Chris, I think we have to look at assessment and standardize assessment as far as the future and and what we value. I think what we test really puts a value on what we think is important. And I don't know what your, you know, your state is like, but you know, our state has made some gains in, in standardized testing. But I feel that if we're really going to cross that bridge and we're really going to say, this is where the future is for our kids, then I feel like that the assessment piece has to match that, you know, why are we testing kids on, on, on knowledge that may not, they may not necessarily use in their careers. And I'm not saying I'm not a fan of students being literate, students having, you know, solid mathematic foundations. Um, But what I am saying is I, I I see the stress that it puts on teachers. And, you know, when I say to them, just take time, make this, well, what about, what about the standards? What about how am I going to get it all in? (laughs) And it, it has that one little test has such a big impact on the culture and and the values of, of a school system. And, you know, I'm not saying ditch the test. I understand we need an accountability piece, but a a more authentic, realistic accountability piece, I think would serve us all a lot better. Yeah. I can't imagine what it'd be like if we could add to a standardized test where you give kids something, you give kids some sort of product to make, something to demonstrate that they don't just have knowledge, but that they can apply it. That's exactly it. Because when they go to a job interview, it's not the knowledge that that's going to get you the job. It's going to be the application of that knowledge. And like you even, we were talking about the showcasing, being able to articulate what you've done and why you've done it. You know, those are the skills that are going to take us into the future. You know, we have to, we've got to find a balance there for, I think it's, it would be a much healthier and happier learning environment for everyone involved. Yeah. And just thinking through all those, all those making, all those creating uh, ideas and, and 
worrying about teaching your curriculum, teaching those standards. You know, if you spend time with those kids actually having them make and create and build and innovate, um, they're, they're actually ingraining those concepts uh, better into their brain as opposed to just, I learned it for the test, forgot it. Um, you're going you're to find mm-hmm. out that those kids are going to be able to apply knowledge to more complicated questions. More, They're probably going to do better on an assessment test if you give them those opportunities to be creative, to look at something differently, to problem solve. Those are skills we want the kids to have. I agree. And and they're going to have more stamina. You know, it's something that, you know, I sometimes find with the standardized test, the kids just want to oh. do it and be done. You have to kick <laughs> the kids out of the makerspace. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a totally different feeling when you're in a makerspace and the kids are in charge. They don't want to leave. They want to keep making their design. And you don't even ask them to make their design better. Yeah. A lot of times they want to do it themselves. They're, they're self-driven. You know, it's just, it's just a different experience. And that's, that's definitely something I hope to see in my lifetime is, is a shift in the pendulum of what, of what we value and what we test. Yeah. When, when was the last time we had to kick kids out of an assessment test or a standardized (laughs) test? Or when, when was the last time a teacher said, Hey, I want to make a, a, a standardized testing club at our school. Yeah, I don't see anyone. I don't see anyone signing up. <laughs> a standardized testing place instead of a makerspace. Uh, oh, okay. Not nearly as much fun. Administrators, you better be ready because all your <laughs> teachers are going to be starting to ask for those things. So um, that would be the one I wouldn't support. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm sorry. You're you're not getting that club. Sorry. And I have um, to say, too, a shout out to my superintendent. I I work for a superintendent who is very progressive and very forward thinking. So, you know, that makes the difference for me too. Your administration has to be with you and has to have that buy-in. So, you know, and, and the more you tell your story and the students face, they, their faces say a lot in their success. So, you know, if you're, it only takes one teacher to make a difference. So if you're thinking about starting to make, and and you want to try this, you know, tell your story and, and get your ducks in a row and, and make the case for creativity. It's so important. You can do it. Take one teacher. Yep. And, and again, start small, start little, grab a, grab a bin, call it your magic bin. Um, just like Absolutely. Miss Mickey in the magic bin, <laughs> um, be, be willing to just do something teachers, because if you're not those kids, where are they going to get it? You know, I mean, you talked about, I mean, you said you have a makerspace in your home, but not everybody <laughs> has a makerspace in their home. Um, how, how awesome, by the way, Mandy, that you have that. It's Hey, a couple of colored drawers and a trash dash, you know, it's not something that is fancy or, but it is a space reserved for a mess. And, yeah. you know, I think that's most important is that you have a space where the kids know that they can just go in, take over and it, it's okay. It's yeah. okay for there to be a mess. Um, yeah. I do. I encourage everyone to, to make a space, whether it be in their home or their classroom where the kids feel free to create. Yeah. And, and, and teachers uh, encourage your parents to, to do that at their, their home uh, with their kids. Absolutely. I think parents are always looking for ways to get their children um, a little less screen time. Yeah. Give them a, give them a list, give them a, Hey, start with this, look for these, look for that. Um, great idea to, to do as you try to encourage. And then it's going to help those kids in your classroom as well. So any, any other thoughts, Mandy, before I ask you the last question here? <laughs> no, Chris, but I am, I'm working on some resources for teachers that go along with the book. Um, okay. So I'm working on my website, missmakey.com. It is not up and running just yet, um, but there will be an instructional guide that goes with the book, a parent letter that you can send home if you want to start the magic bin in your class, top 10 reasons for making poster. I just really, um, I love what yeah. the work that you're doing and giving teachers the tools they need to be successful. So I'm really trying to get those things ready to share with teachers. 
Great. That sounds great. So uh, final question here, Mandy, for you. Uh, what person in STEM, past or present, if you could have come as a guest speaker to, to talk in your school to the kids, uh, who would that be? Uh, I have to go with Mitch Resnick. Um, he's the author of Lifelong Kindergarten, and he works at the MIT um, Media Lab. I had the opportunity to see him speak in Pittsburgh last year. Yeah. And that Lifelong Kindergarten group just really they get it. You know, a lot of Lego products, um, robotic products are coming out of the MIT lab. Scratch 3.0, which launched yep. today, came out of that lab. And when you meet Mitch Resnick and you hear him speak, um, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to speak with him personally, just had the opportunity to hear him keynote. To me, he's a male version of Miss Makey. This is a, a man <laughs> who recognizes that, that you don't have to grow up, that you can continue to value play and, and passion and work with your peers. And it's just a very, his book was fantastic. I read the book after I saw him speak and it's truly just been something that's inspired me. I've always kind of thought of myself as a, as a grown up kid. And, um, it seemed to me like Mitch Resnick was, was pretty proud of himself and for feeling that way about himself. And, and his words were just so practical and purposeful. And I would love the opportunity, A, to go to that lab, um, to yeah. go to MIT and visit oh. the lab and also to just spend some time with him, um, and hear more about his experiences, the highs, the lows, um, I just really found him to be truly inspirational. And again, teachers, uh, Mitch did write the book, Lifelong Kindergarten. And mm -hmm. uh, there's tons of tons of resources, you know, tons of video of him explaining and sharing ideas. But definitely, those, those are the kind of people that it's great. In this day and age, we can just hop on, hop on the internet and we can just learn so much, be inspired, especially like we've talked a couple of times about today, Mandy, just if you're not quite sure how to start something, teachers, just, just try something. Ask, mm -hmm. ask some teachers who are more comfortable in your school. Who could, I, who could I look up? Who could I find out from? Who could I find some more information from? And, and if we're going to be lifelong learners, like you shared right at the beginning today, Mandy, if we're lifelong learners, then our kids are going to be lifelong learners as well. Absolutely. So uh, again, I want to thank you, Mandy, for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It was so much fun to talk to you. Yeah. Again, you can find Mandy on Twitter at Mrs. Fig Makes, and uh, she's just doing awesome stuff. Keep up the great work, Mandy. And um, we look forward to, is there going to be a sequel to Miss Makey and the Magic Bin? Or I shouldn't even ask. Yeah. No. Oh, that's okay. No, it's kind of started. Um, it has already kind of started. The The repetitive text is kind of starting to come in my mind. But like the first book, I will probably look to the children for inspiration, ask for some some more of their creations. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking at just a variety of media that Miss Makey can kind of get into. Yeah. Um, different materials that she can use but yes it definitely you're going to look to the kids for inspiration but I, I guess I, I meant you should I should let you actually get the website started first oh, okay. <laughs> the content is ready it's now the back end stuff of getting everything uploaded and formatted but I'm it's really a, excited um, to start a blog and um, really yeah. looking forward to advocating for maker ed and using the book as an opportunity to um, get out there and, and and let my voice be heard yeah, well, a lot of hard work from you, Mandy. We uh, we all appreciate it. Uh, anytime an educator is willing to share uh, those great ideas that they have, so so thank you, Mandy. And, thank you too, Chris. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Again, uh, thanks for chatting with us, Mandy Figlioli, and thanks for joining us on this episode of STEM Everyday Podcast. You can find all the great episodes on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and find me on Twitter at Daily STEM. I love sharing ideas, and I love it when you share ideas with me. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.